friends, welcome to the She Impacts Culture podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Bennett. Today, we are digging into part two with my guest and former student at Indiana Wesleyan University, Kristen Yost. If you haven't listened into part one yet, be sure to do so. I promise you, you will be encouraged. In today's episode, Kristen and I discuss the expectations young women are navigating when it comes to marriage and having kids, working through disappointments and failure when things don't go the way you thought they would, the different seasons of purpose, and lastly, what success looks like. Friends, just like in part one, Kristen is going to shed light on how faith-based young women are navigating the expectations of biblical womanhood in a career-driven society. May you be encouraged by her words today. So I think that's such an important message in that, number one, God calls us all to something different. Success looks different for every single one of us. And number two, that if you feel called to motherhood and being a professional working woman, that God can work those two out together. Like he can bring them together in unity. And so I think that's what I love about your study is that it's also sharing the voices of what other women have encountered. Yeah. And I, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I, and you know this, I, I did interviews because I wanted those voices to all of a sudden come out and to support and my research and to carry that on. And one of the things you talked just recently about, I have a quote somewhere. One of my participants, you know, said something like from the pulpit, this message is preached that, you know, women's value comes from their ability to have children. And then she said, like, what does that say to the women who can't have kids? Like, that's one thing. What does that say to the women who have had this like intense calling on their life to work. What about the women who literally have to work because of finances? Like, what does that say to them? Does that make them a failure of a mom? I don't think so. You know, like also like that doesn't make you a failure of a Christian either. Right. And that's so important. You know, when I was younger, I wanted to have like a house full of boys, you know, (laughs) Yeah. And my first pregnancy was a molar pregnancy and that required immediate surgery, all of that. It wasn't a kind of putting in quotations here, a real pregnancy, but your body thinks it's pregnant. And I remember going through it because I thought I was pregnant for like a month before I realized I wasn't really pregnant. It was a molar pregnancy. And then going and having to go straight into surgery and the doctor saying, if we don't get you into surgery, all of the stuff that's in your body that's happening could turn into cancer. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, I just want a baby. That's all I wanted. And I remember thinking to myself at that point, my gosh, what if I'm never able to have children? And there was like this pressure on me. And then I ended up getting pregnant with my son, but then after that I had a miscarriage. And so these ideas and dreams and hopes that I had wanted where I wanted three boys and a, you know, just a house full of boys was becoming apparent that I may just have one child. And I had to work through my own feelings of, oh my gosh, does that make me less of a woman? Because I don't yeah. have kids running around. 
you know, because society is so much on husband, wife, and two kids and a dog and a white yeah. fence, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. And so, yeah, like I had, even in my own life, these feelings and these things that I had to work through with the Lord that even if I only had one son, which I do, that there was still value to me. There was still, you know, if I couldn't have a house full of kids running around. Yeah. So I love that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you go on to state in your study that you had to navigate through feelings of disappointment and failure. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like what specific feelings were you having to navigate through and how did you navigate through them? Because I'm sure that there's some listeners who are probably feeling the same way and they're like, well, how do I navigate through this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is something that I... I'm still working through a little bit. I mean, life's a little bit different now than it was, but my whole family, grandparents included, they all got married or met their spouse in college um, or during that age. One of my sets of grandparents didn't go to college, but they still got married really young. One of my grandparents literally got married like three or four months after they met. So that was, you know, one aspect of influence. And then my parents met in college and got married right after. My sister and her husband got married right after she graduated, but he was still in school. So I was like, oh yeah, this is an expectation. This is normal. And I can even remember talking to my mom when I was a little girl and saying like, so am I going to meet my husband in college? I don't remember her answer at this point, but that was my assumption. And So part of my college decision might have been, oh, I'm going to go to a Christian university. I'll meet a nice Christian guy and we'll get married and we'll have kids and it'll be great. And I went to IWU. I met wonderful men there, great friends, great classmates, but it just wasn't right. You know, I I dated a little bit, but it wasn't what what I knew that God wanted for me. So I, I always kept my options open. You know, I would be honest um, with my friend, like, yeah, I'm interested in so-and-so, but I never jumped on anything because I didn't want to, I wanted to let God work for yeah. me, but that doesn't mean it was easy. I watched all three of my roommates get married within like a six month period. And that was hard. Oh, I <laughs> that imagine. was no fun. And yeah. I loved celebrating them. You know, they're dear friends, but going to a wedding and seeing, you know, rings on my friend's hands, but also then there's just me and I'm very single and I was happy with being single, but it was hard to watch. But I I think just like, I I did feel like a failure in some senses because when, you know, I would go on a date or many and things just didn't work out. It's like, okay, you know, is there something wrong with me? Like this keeps happening. So maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just not social enough or you know maybe I'm just not clicking with people maybe I'm too much of an introvert and of course those were just lies from Satan you know like he was just trying to get to me but I mean I was also disappointed too you know like you I wanted to raise this big family and even today I still have this dream of a little basketball team of boys you know (laughs) but I don't know what that's gonna look like and you know however long that is but I was disappointed more that this narrative that I had created for myself since I was a little girl and, you know, watching all the movies with the huge families, I wanted that for myself. And I was disappointed that that was not what God had for me. So I don't think I was disappointed that I was 
messing up in a sense. I'm putting that in quote, like little bunny ears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was disappointed that that wasn't what God's plan for me was. Yeah. Because um, I wanted that. And I still do. You know, nothing's yeah. changed. But it just wasn't the typical Christian girl experience that you hear about. It's actually right. very common but it's not what you hear about. Exactly. Because I felt that pressure too, not from anybody individually, but Mm -hmm. just, you know, well, I go to college and I meet my husband because that's what, that's what happens. That's what happens. Yeah. (laughs) And then when it didn't happen, all right, I'm going to go to seminary. And I have to make this clear. I did not go to seminary (laughs) with my husband. I went to seminary because I really felt God was calling me to go Mm -hmm. to seminary. And I loved my years there, but you know, kind of like you, I dated And when it didn't work out with this guy or this guy, or you know, you do, you just start questioning things. Mm -hmm. And so it can feel like a lot of pressure when things don't turn out how the world is telling us it should turn out. Mm -hmm. So what I love is that the overarching question in your study is how can Christian women live life well following the completion of college? So I want to know, Kristen, what's the answer to this? There isn't one, <laughs> which I'm surprised doesn't bother me more, to be honest, because I <laughs> like answers, but there really isn't. I think the biggest thing that I learned from my interviews and from my research is that living life well is glorifying God. Like mm-hmm. there isn't this cookie cutter definition to a life well lived. Um, even like in the past few months, I've been learning like living my life to the glory of God is like the most fulfilling thing you will ever do. It doesn't matter what your career is. It doesn't even matter if you're a pastor and that's what you're what you're doing. But are you personally glorifying God? And that doesn't have to be vocational ministry. It doesn't have to be volunteering with children's ministry. Like it's just what are what are you doing to further the kingdom? Yeah. But in my interviews, we didn't take quite as much of a religious stance. Um, But I asked for practical ways that these women have lived life well. And in this, I formulated three groups of interview subjects. I had women who are stay-at-home moms. All of these women were Christians. Women who had chosen a career over family in a sense, maybe not intentionally chosen to not get married, but just hasn't happened yet. And then also women who do both, being a mom and spouse, as well as um, working in the professional workplace. I talked to each of them and there were common pieces of advice that they gave. The biggest one was just spend intentional time with God every single day, whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. for you. Choose a time of day that's good and do that. There was also like physical activity is a huge one because that's good for our mental health too. You know, going on long walks, Right now it's freezing in the Midwest, so you can't really go on long walks, but, you know, choosing to be active, um, whatever that is best for you. Eat balanced meals. That's a big one that I think we as a society in general need to get better about. Also, be financially wise. I guess people have different definitions of this, but be smart with your money. Don't get yourself in crazy amounts of debt, which I thought was an interesting piece of advice coming from women which is gender roles here. I'm just going to go into it. But coming from a woman and not a man, I thought it was really interesting that they were saying that. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some women say, you know, be open to the idea of staying home if that is financially an option Mm -hmm. for you, Um, which I thought was interesting. Encourage people, like moms encourage moms, single women encourage single women, like 
don't tear each other down or mom shame anyone if that's like a case. Like, right. Let's let's build each other up because that as Christians we need to be loving. And yes, there can be harsh love to you know get someone back on track. But I think in this case, if we're talking being a mom, maybe we shouldn't be mom shaming someone. Yeah. So those were like the big things um, of all three groups. Um, and I also asked for specifics on their current status as a parent or lack thereof. The group that um, being a stay-at-home mom, um, one of the quotes I love mm-hmm. that one of the women said was, your kids are going to be your purpose for right now, which I thought was so, so powerful yeah. because seasons happen in life. You know, you can have a purpose. Right. I have a purpose right now in my season of life, and that can be totally different than what the Lord's going to have for me in five or 10 years. I have no idea. Right. But in this season, what is the Lord calling you to? And if you're a stay-at-home mom and that's what you've been called to, that's your purpose. And that doesn't mean that that's your only purpose, um, which I think is so important to share. I love that. That is so important to know. And that's one of the things I always share is that we all have different seasons of life and God calls us to different things in different seasons of life. For seven years, I stayed home Mm -hmm. with my son because I needed to during that season of life. And so I think sometimes we can get so wrapped up in thinking that our life has to look a certain way our entire lifetime, but there's always different seasons and God moves in those different seasons in different ways and calls us to different things. So I love that you mentioned that. So also in that group, I guess in each group, I think I mentioned this a little bit, we did pieces of advice for that specific group. Mm. And one of the ones I love, the like top one that stay-at-home mom said is take a nap when your kids are napping. <laughs> like forget your what? chore chart, <laughs> like just take a nap. <laughs> like you need it. Um, I just thought that was so funny. Um, and then they're also saying, you know, get involved in your kids' ministries too. My church does Awana. So like in the future, if I'm still around, like being involved with Awana with my kids, I currently volunteer, yeah. but like doing it with your kids is different. Being like um, very open with your faith with them is really cool. The yeah. second group then was the women who currently are career focused. They don't have a family. They're not married. They're single. And one of the participants, you know, joking in a, in a joking sense, but also this was a past thought that she had had was, if I'm not getting a degree and I don't have a boyfriend, I have nothing. And I was like, mm. man, like that wow. hits because we are so purpose-driven as humans. We have a goal and we want to go And if a degree is the goal, you know, we're going to put our whole mind into the degree. And if getting married and you have a boyfriend is the goal, that's what you're going for. And she was just saying, like, she went so degree focused because she didn't have a boyfriend. And that wasn't like the the path for her that she almost like she blocked it out, essentially. Um, And she's still open Mm. to it. And And I know that I know her personally, but, you know, that was one of the things that made me just like my heart just wrenched because I was like I already have this relationship and you're being very vulnerable with me and telling me like yeah I I felt like I had nothing at one season so I went to grad school (laughs) right and that just hurt a little bit um but and also in this group you know they're focused on themselves which I think is really interesting 
because growing as an individual is, is as important as, you know, raising kids. And the advice that they gave was take care of yourself. Don't forget to eat meals, mm-hmm. go on walks, take care of your body. You know, your body's a temple. So use that to glorify God. Um, be intentional with the relationships that you do have. Be careful about the people you're living with. It's okay to have married friends, but also if you are so focused on singleness, have really good single friends too. Those are the voices that, if that's what you want to be growing in, those are the voices that need to be primarily preaching to you. Ask God for a church that will support you as a single woman. That is so important too. Even in your married, if you're married, ask God for a church that's going to support you as a young couple or with as young parents. Like you need that support. So if your church has a young adult ministry or a single ministry, like that is so, so good and helpful just to encourage. And who knows, maybe, maybe not your spouse might be there. You never know. And I, yeah. I won't say he will be there or she will be there if you're a male listening, but you never know. You never know when God's going to open that door and maybe he won't, but that's okay too. You know, that's just the beauty of singleness and all honesty, just like going with the flow and enjoying life. And I think that you don't have responsibilities. <laughs> like you can, you can just, you can stay up till, you know, 3am, you know, playing video games and that's okay. Well, and Paul even talks about it in the Bible. Like, when you're yeah, single, like you can serve the Lord in mm-hmm. ways that you might not be able to, if you were married, you know, and with yeah. kids. And so, yeah, I think that's what I love about the different seasons of life too, is that every season of life brings us a different focus, a different way to serve God. And yeah. I think we can't lose sight of that. If you're single, you have opportunities and ways to serve God that a married mom can't. If you're married and a mom, you have ways to serve God that maybe a single can't. And so that's what I love is that no matter what season we're in, God can and will use us. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I love these takeaways. So, so good. All right. So here's a question for you. What are you hoping that people will understand from your research and study? Like, what's the one big takeaway that you would love people to understand? The biggest thing, and I think I mentioned this earlier, really the only thing I wanted people to take away is that success in life or your career or whatever that is, isn't a one size fits all. It's what works for you. We all have different personalities and we know that. So why can't we all have like a different path in life. So I really wanted the takeaway to be, you don't have to choose one or the other or both. I guess there really isn't another option besides the three. There could be, I guess, but choose what works for you. Choose what you feel like the Lord is calling you to and go with that. And then find people to support you in that as well. Don't feel like just because, you know, the overarching Christian society is telling you one thing that that's what you have to do. What you have to do is what the Lord is calling you to. If you're following the Lord, that's what you have to do. And listen, listen for that. Don't let people tell you what you can and can't do. Get close, lean into the Lord. Yeah, you're an adult. You have a relationship with God. Yeah, lean into what he's calling you to. Okay, so what does success look like for Kristen Yost? I'm still figuring this one out a little bit. (laughs) Right now, I think at this point in my life, success is building relationships with my coworkers, 
I live in this very like small Mennonite community. Mm-hmm. Um, not Amish Mennonite for those of you listening. It's not that conservative, but that's that's what the the foundation of this town was. So my coworkers, I do know where their like faith status is. Most of them. And so that, that's beautiful. And I love that. So we can talk about faith at work and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. We can talk about, we've talked about the end times before. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm so glad that that's the openness that we have as coworkers. Um, but also success right now is also um, pursuing this relationship that I have with my boyfriend and seeing what happens. Yeah. You know, it's also seeing where God wants me further down. Like what ministries do you want me involved in? You know, what, I volunteer with two different ministries right now. So where am I going to build these like great relationships with these young girls slash like child girls? Like I don't, I don't want to like, you know, put all young girls in the same category, but specifically the middle schoolers I volunteer with, like, what do you want for me to like impart on them? Like, how can I help them get through middle school? It sucks. It does, you know? And I think I discounted that when I was growing up, like, People remember middle school more than you realize, you know, how can I further the kingdom in what I'm doing? And, you know, in a few years that might change. Maybe there will be kids in, I don't know how long, I'm not going to say a number because who knows, Um, (laughs) but maybe there will be, and maybe that will be my success in a few years. I don't know. Um, But right now it's, how can I glorify God in what I'm doing? I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, here's my last question for you. And this is a question that I ask all my guests on the podcast. So as you know, I'm a college professor. Mm -hmm. I had your class. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I work with a lot of college students and some of them have told me that they listen into the podcast episodes. So many of these students are getting ready to enter the marketplace, start their careers. So what advice do you have for them as it relates to leadership, faith, work, purpose? I would say when it comes to faith, get plugged in with a church ASAP. I was lucky I already had a church here at home that has a young adult ministry, so I was able to get plugged right back in. But don't take a break from faith, because if you take a break, chances are the loud voices in society telling you that it's okay to walk away. Those are going to be the voices. So stay strong, stay plugged in, and don't ever let your values go away. If that's what you want, don't ever give them up. In terms of leadership, be a leader. You're probably going to have an entry-level position. Don't take that lightly. If you step up and you be a leader, you're going to be given more responsibility and leadership roles in your workplace. Be a hard worker because your your managers and your coworkers will see that and they'll they'll trust you. If that's what you want, more responsibility, do that. Those are really good. And I love that you brought up that when you graduate from college, you'll most likely get an entry level position, but there's nothing wrong with that. You there's can still, nothing wrong with right, it. You can still lead in that position. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's such an important point. Yeah. Wow. Kristen, this has been so good. So good. I am just so grateful for you. And I love seeing how the Lord is working in and through you. And I just, I can't wait to continue to see how he continues to guide your path as you live out the different seasons of life. 
that he calls you to. And so how can listeners best connect with you online if after listening to this, they're like, man, I need to connect with Kristen. Where's my finder? So where can they find you? Yeah, I am on LinkedIn, Kristen Yost, if you want to take the professional route. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm not very active on any social media right now, but (laughs) I do get messages. So (laughs) if you want to reach out, those would be the best places. Yeah, send me a message or connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm happy with whatever. Awesome. Kristen, thank you so much. This has been so enlightening. I appreciate you. I'm again, excited to see how God moves in your life. Thank you so much for being on the She Impacts Culture podcast. Thank you for having me. Friends, it is my hope that you have been enjoying the She Impacts Culture podcast. I pray that you have not only been enjoying the podcast, but also that God is speaking to you and that you have been able to see and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what you do matters, that you have been called to impact culture wherever it is that God has you right now. And I hope that this podcast has encouraged you to know that your work and leadership matters. Friends, if you've enjoyed the She Impacts Culture podcast, I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Those reviews actually matter. And the more reviews a podcast gets, the more opportunity there is for people to hear about the podcast. So if the She Impacts Culture podcast is a podcast that you love and enjoy, I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. May God richly bless you as you seek out to impact culture through your work in leadership. <laughs>